Savannah munching away in the background. <laughs> How appropriate. Why is it appropriate, Ro? Because this is a very special Thanksgiving roast. Oh, just kidding. Our, our Thanksgiving was a month ago, so. We should leave that in. <laughs> a very special American Thanksgiving roast episode. <laughs> I wonder if I should leave that in. <laughs> Uh, anyways, what's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Ro. And this is Savannah with the munchies. And I'm Lilith. Yeah, this is our Thanksgiving roast. So we're going to go through some roast discords we receive from our Patreon subscribers, as well as discuss some Thanksgiving clapbacks. Yeah, so what is this episode going to be like we're showing thanks to our Patreon subscribers? There we go. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, so special thanks to our Patreon subscribers. This episode is dedicated to you. Absolutely. And also, let's also show thanks for all the scrotes who give us so many things to roast them about. So many things. Showing thanks to the scrotes for being so incompetent that we have so much to make fun of, right? Bringing, spreading, spreading joy and happiness throughout this holiday season. Thanks for giving us plenty of fodder to dissect from now into eternity. Special thanks for all the shitty men in our lives for giving us valuable learning experiences. And the pygmies for showing us all the shit we shouldn't do. For teaching us what not to do. Yeah. We love people. Yeah. And special thanks to the FDS community on Facebook, Instagram, Discord, Reddit, because without you guys, we... And Twitter. Don't forget Twitter. And Twitter. Twitter as well. It's actually, it's so based on Twitter. But anyway, (laughs) because without you guys, we would not be here. So thank you all. We love you all. So thanks, Queens. 200,000 strong on the subreddit 5,000 strong and counting on the Twitter and Instagram we out here we're, we're, ma- <laughs> we're there we're, we're getting there <laughs> we're getting there we're getting there spread it to your friends spread the joy tell them about it spread the holiday cheer yeah yeah if you love somebody share the female dating strategy podcast with them so they can level up their life all right so first up on the docket is our first roast scrote. hey FDS Your recent post about being baby-trapped inspired me to share my cautionary tale, like a ghost of scrote future. I feel obligated to say, though, that my life is really good. I have a great job, dope friends, nice home, and my aforementioned kids are well-adjusted and happy, but the road was unnecessarily hard due to the powerful and insidious work of one douchebag and his even worse mother. Allow me to set the stage. So I want to preface this because we posted on Instagram... You should check out our Instagram. If you have not checked out our Instagram, it's at underscore the female dating strategy on Instagram. So we had something that we posted like almost a month ago about how sometimes mothers who know their sons are low value and shitty will try to offload their shitty scrody sons onto women. Yep. So it's called baby and marriage trapping by his family, meaning like they know their son is trash and they know you might be the last effort for him to get married before he's their problem forever. Yeah. I think in one of our episodes about online dating, I said most of my guys I meet from real life acquaintances, but the only drawback to that is that a lot of times you'll end up with pygmies who are trying to pawn off their low value scrotes. So that's definitely something to be aware of and cautious about. So yeah. If his family's too involved in saying, you guys look cute together. Avoid, avoid. Well, be careful. Be careful. I wouldn't say red flag by any means, but just like, you know, keep your eyes and ears open. Yeah. And see why they're so eager to see you guys get married and have babies. So yeah, it's a green flag if he gets along with his family. If he, if his family seems too invested in making sure that your relationship works, that's a red flag. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, and there was even, the, I don't know if you guys remember a TikTok video that went viral a few weeks ago on Twitter about a woman who wanted, who didn't even go on a date with the guy, but ended up rejecting him. And then his mother called her and said she should give him a chance. Yep. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Those are, those are the type of women who they know their, their sons are trash. And it's probably at least partially their fault that their sons are trash because they're overly enmeshed in them. Doing all the work for him. Yeah, I used to think it was a flex that all of the mothers of my boyfriends loved me. I've only experienced a couple of mother-in-law from hell stories. Most of the time, the mother-in-law, like the mother of my boyfriend, really likes me. But then I realized that if her son is low value, that's not a flex. I have one ex, for example, who still reaches out to me from time to time and tries to guilt trip me by saying that his mom asks if we've gotten back together yet. So like his mom asks him periodically if we've gotten back together and he checks in with me to see if that, if that's an option. And it's not, it's never an option anyways. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I used to think, oh my gosh, I'm so amazing. Every man's mother loves me because I'm just so amazing. No, it's because he's low value. She's trying to make him my problem instead of hers. <laughs> yeah, she probably looks at you like, oh, she'll whip him in a shape for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Continuing on with the roast, it's 2002, I'm 19 and taking a break from college. In reality, I was struggling with yet-to-be-diagnosed ADHD and just didn't know what to do with my life. It is the height of Girls Gone Wild's America, and absolutely no one is talking about high-value men, negging red flags, or anything like that. So yeah, 2002, Girls Gone Wild, ooh, blast in the past. So that's like... Do you guys remember that? I think I was seven in 2002. Yeah, what is that? I was seven years old, so I don't remember anything from that time. Yeah, what is that? Girls Gone Wild. <sighs> Girls Gone Wild was like a video series, and I remember it used to come on like late night cable, and it was just girls like flashing their boobs at uh, parties and stuff. It was really big with um, I can't remember the 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 founder's name it was like Joe somebody, but he used to date like Paris Hilton and stuff. So it was just kind of one of those. It was basically like a porn company, essentially. They just made porn, but it was like supposed to be different because it was like mostly amateur girls or like girls that would just flash their boobs. It was still a lot of porn stars, but they would go to like Mardi Gras and different parties in the States where girls would get drunk and just flash their boobs. And give them beads in exchange for flashing their tits. This was pre-social media, by the way. So I'm sure the women at the time didn't realize that a lot of this would come back to haunt them. Yeah, uh, I would say it was, well, did they have social media in 2002? I don't know when Facebook started. It was like 2006, I think. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it is pre-social media. Well, it's like, it depends on what you mean by social media. Does MySpace count as social media? Yeah, there's like MySpace, Twitter, Facebook. Those were a little bit later, I think, but YouTube was a little bit later. But I think there was like, like fledgling budding social media then too. So, but yeah, she continues. I started a casual fling with a guy whose drug use I excused because he looked like Mr. Ripley era Jude Law. Blast of the past, girl. Yeah, and had a huge penis. Yeah, so uh, the talented Mr. Ripley. When did that movie come out? <laughs> that was a 1999 film. Yeah, with Jude Law and Matt Damon. Oh, damn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I was, yeah, Jude Law was, was cute back then. So, yeah, I get it. So big dick Jude Law. I'm here for it, except for his drug use. <laughs> uh, one day he invited me to meet his family. Less of a thing and more of a, since you're here anyway, maybe I can get a ride and they'll feed you so free lunch kind of thing. So I think she's trying to say he's not like, he wasn't taking her to meet his family as some kind of formal introduction more like, oh, I'm cheaping out on food. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, so you would think it was staged like some Truman Show shit. I'm loving, I'm living for these millennial references <laughs> right now. <laughs> I 
love this. So I might, but yeah, <laughs> you would think it was staged like some Truman Show shit. We pulled up to his family's idyllic upper middle class home at the end of a cul-de-sac where his equally blonde and attractive siblings are outside playing catch or chatting and chasing a variety of adorable biracial kids around the yard. This is relevant because I'm black and you never know what level of racist uncle you may be dealing with when dating interracially. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I honestly get that skepticism. I totally get it. Because it's just hit and miss. And it's like, it's not even the overt racism it's the covert stuff as well like the double takes or people start touching your hair and i just feel like an animal in a zoo just stuff like that (laughs) or mixed race babies are so cute yeah your babies um, would be so cute yeah the fetishizations yeah oh my gosh if you two had babies they'd be so cute mixed race babies are like just next level attractive. Well, like my favorite is when I was once asked at, um, like, a, I think it was at my ex's like party. It's like, oh, so what do you think of using the N word? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm for it. No. <laughs> That's what I feel like he wanted to say, right? <laughs> was he trying to say it's racist that white people can't say the N-word? Is that what he was trying to do? No, it's not. The thing is, I find, because I've had this question a lot, it's like, when people ask me this question, it's because they want to basically hear, like Rose said, that it's okay to use it. And... I mean, I'll just say it for the record. My response always is, I'm not going to police your speech. But if you go around saying the N-word and the social consequences are undesirable or you get cancelled, I don't want you to say, but my black friend said I could say it because that's not what I'm saying. So, yeah, free speech, but... If you go around saying it and there's undesirable consequences, that that's on you. Yeah, that's fair. That's good policy. Yeah. Were they trying to get like a blank check for one black person to be like, oh, now this means I can say it to all black people I can't get offended because like one black person said I get this like Yes. That's exactly what this is. That's weird. I don't know if getting a black pass is just transferable. Yeah. It's non transferable. <laughs> Even if you do get it from a group of people. So um, <laughs> back to the roast. Uh, Truman Show, for the people didn't know, it's a movie that came out in 1998 starring Jim Carrey. <laughs> Sorry. I was three in 1998. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a millennial throwback thing. Okay. His family was overall warm and friendly, and it made me wonder how such great people created such a weird fucked up son. <laughs> His mom pulled me aside to chat. <laughs> Damn, relatable. That's, that's a very relatable sentence there. <laughs> okay. His mom pulled me aside to chat and seemed like a cool, no-nonsense supermom type, but she made a comment that stood out to me. You finish high school and you don't do drugs and you don't have any visible tattoos, dot, dot, dot. What are you doing with my son? Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Red flag. Red fucking flag. She knows. She knows. She knows. <laughs> wow, you finished high school, you don't do drugs, and you don't have any tattoos? Like, what are you doing with my piece of shit son? Like, at the time, it was eagle fuel to think I was better than his other partners. Ooh, sis, pride cometh before the fall. Which, in itself, is super gross, but I was young and still drinking and not like the other girls' Kool-Aid. Yeah, it's true. And looking back, I realized it was the moment she decided to pass the burden of raising her one wonky adult child off to me and clean up the family image. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Been there, done that. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. They were a semi-prominent family in their town, and the other four adult kids were polished, functioning members of society. But Bargain Bin Jude was a party boy and a bit of a loose cannon. Bargain Bin Jude. Bargain Bin Jude Law. That's... 
Beautiful. He was handed a part of the family business to run, which I thought was so hot at the time, but later realized it was just part of the fix the fuck up family plan. Yeah. Over the next few weeks, his mom took an interest in me that I found so considerate, but was really more akin to love bombing. So his his mom is love bombing her, trying to get her to stick around. Oh, no. Oh, man. Uh, So she took me shopping, took me for brunches and teas. That's so sweet, but also like, oh no. Here's the thing though, if you're the sort of person and you're used to a mother-in-law who's like jealous or domineering or has the vibe of like, oh, like this, who is this woman taking my son away from me kind of thing, right? Like, and I've been there where that's the kind of dynamic I was used to when I was younger. And then when you finally do meet a mother-in-law type who's like nice to you, it's like a breath of fresh air and so much easier to fall for it. But you don't realize that it was actually a red flag. It's just another form of love bombing. Yeah. Nope, this is relatable, but yeah. So she said she wanted to know all about me, but weirdly made little digs about my parents being divorced. I recognize this as negging now, but back then it really made me self-conscious. Rude. Some time passes and I find out I'm pregnant. Discount Jude is still a fuck up, so I make plans to have an abortion. I inform Jude and he asked me to reconsider, pointing out that he's inheriting the family business, the one that supported his mom and four siblings, and suddenly... Keeping the baby isn't sounding so wild. I'm thinking about my life working in retail, making like $6 an hour versus my life as a stay-at-home mom, secure in a decent little middle-class house with the most picture-perfect in-laws in human history, and it feels like the most ideal outcome in an overall unexpected situation. So I agree to keep the baby, and we loop the family in. Mm. This feels like that moment in a horror movie where everything seems too good to be true, and you're hearing like the da da it's gonna get bad yeah before before the shit goes down yeah oh man his mom became obsessed with me she was suddenly super controlling and went from spoiling and love bombing to constantly testing me in bizarre ways to detail all of the passive aggressive nasty little trials would be a whole separate roast but needless to say it was a little bit monster-in-law but not enough to put me off completely because she was sometimes really warm and inclusive again it was an abusive push-pull thing yeah she sounds like a narcissistic mother after our daughter was born she started the campaign to get us married and by this point i'm sort of caught in her web of low-dose mental abuse I was constantly volleying between her showing me off to her friends and bragging about how impressive I was to her making snide comments about how I was independent as if it was a bad thing. Being so young and living in a town far away from my family, I became more and more isolated till my entire social circle consisted of just his family. And there was a weird, comforting, cult-like quality of the family because they all lived within a five-minute drive of each other. So there was always someone to help with the baby or invite me to do things. I started to think that maybe I was too independent and bought into the Holly homemaker vibe. I was this close from being like full MLM, live, laugh, love, referencing my kids as dear daughter and dear son and calling my man hubby kind of mom, which is a Gen X and millennial mom thing. We're fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) Continuing. The next several years were riddled with drama. Discount Jude's addictions never subsided, and it cost him his spot as inheritor of the family business, succession style. So like the, the TV show succession that's on now. I'm guessing. I'm loving the TV show references. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, TVs and movies. I'm like, because I'm, you know what? It really actually does add to the story. It's very millennial to make that many pop culture references. Yeah. 
I'm feeling it. Um, <laughs> feels right at home in this roast. Uh, when I went back to the workforce, three kids later, he was so threatened by my success, it gave him the excuse to act a total hairy ass, cheating, emotional outbursts, more addiction, constant crying, just bullshit nonstop. He's just the worst. But his mom was the real emotional terrorist. Unrealistic demands, complete lack of boundaries. She'd have panic attacks and call me for help. She was lonely and wanted someone to lay in bed with her and watch movies. Me. (laughs) She treated me and my kids like stuffed animals. And even though she knew about all of the cocaine, alcohol, and cheating, she'd say things like, I'm so blessed to have like the perfect family. Like high-key delusions. So it makes me wonder what this guy's father is like if she thinks this is idyllic. Mm, What makes you say that? Like, was the dad really horrible? Yeah, was the dad worse than this? This doesn't really talk much about the dad i'm wondering like maybe she's got like anxiety and panic attacks so she's been absorbing just like abuse and weird uh shit from her husband forever maybe he's not an addict but like maybe he's fucked up in other ways maybe he cheats all the time (laughs) uh she changed her negging game after meeting my family Though divorced, my parents have always been friendly, and both my mom and stepmom have been blessed with the gift of anti-aging, which must have triggered my mom-in-law because she always started sentences with, well, I'm not as educated and beautiful as your mom and stepmom. Just super weird. Well, that's interesting. So, like, when did she meet her family? Like, not not till after they got married? Because she was negging her, it seems, like, soon out. When I filed for divorce, I was not particularly shocked that both Discount Jude and Scrotella-in-law did a piss-poor job of keeping contact with the kids, preferring a narrative about my evil independence with a subtle dash of, quote, sassy black women, am I right, to boot. Oh my god, they're racist. So Scrotella-in-law? <laughs> scrotella that's a brilliant, that's a brilliant one. I don't think, like, demon mother-in-laws are spoken about enough, but honestly, having a bad mother-in-law can really, really fuck you up. Like, really, really fuck up your relationship. It's it's not spoken about, though, but yeah, Scrotella-in-law is a massive phenomenon. I do want to talk about the monster-in-law from hell at some point. Yeah, in this particular relationship, like, the guy was a scrot, but even if the relationship is good, if your in-laws are bad, or they're helicopter parents, or they're just interfering, that's enough to completely destroy a perfectly good relationship she was preferring a narrative about my evil independence with a subtle dash of sassy black women am i right to boot despite me my kids and the entire rest of his family repeatedly explaining to her that her shit sandwich of a son abandoned his kids and his legal obligations she still says he's a hard worker and assumes i've blocked him from the kids lives the kids are now 19 17 and 15 their dad was absent for almost a decade Minus the week he reappeared as a bigoted flat earther who thinks Jennifer Lopez is a trans woman planted by Jews to disrupt family values because unaccomplished Tyler Durden wannabes are always super horny for conspiracies because they need to explain away why they aren't revered for doing and being the absolute least. God, he's just the fucking worst person. Let me reread that. Hold on. So reappeared as a bigoted flat earther who thinks jennifer lopez is a a trans woman planted by jews there's a lot to unpack there the hell i don't want to unpack it because it's so absurd but uh yeah (laughs) so um tyler durden was brad pitt's character in fight club for those of you keeping up with the millennial pop culture references uh (laughs) anyways 
The kids were like, yeah, fuck you, bye. And we've all continued happily and rationally without his presence. His mom, though, still fully thinks he loves them and is doing his best, even though he owes over 80K in unpaid child support, I will probably never see. Moral of the story is to beware that the love bombing, negging, and manipulation can come from women too. And no one is as right or die for a piece of shit dude like the woman who made him. <laughs> yeah. True. Boy moms. Boy moms, am I right? My ex-husband's dad actually filed for a divorce from Scrotella in law shortly after I divorced his son. He has stepped in as a father figure and has done his best to make up for the financial loss from his son's ineptitude. Oh, well, that's nice. That is nice. That's a high value, man. Yeah, I don't know. It, I don't really know about the dad's role in all of this. I'd be actually kind of curious. I've been divorced for a decade and trash boat Jude and his mom are mostly irrelevant. But the few times I speak to Scrotella in law, she's still totally fabricating a fantasy version of a perfect family that doesn't exist and spends much of her time trying to scheme more alimony from my ex's dad. The apple doesn't fall far, dot, dot, dot. Anyway, stay woke, stay aware, sisters. Love leveled up Mother Hubbard. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd be curious to see the dynamic between the dad and the mom-in-law. Because I'm not, I'm not knee-jerk saying she's wrong for wanting alimony, especially if she's working in a family business for years. Yeah. Even if I really don't like the woman in question, honestly, I'm never going to get mad at a woman for wanting alimony. Even if she's a shitty person, men should pay up. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for your submission. Leveled up Mother Hubbard. <laughs> Queen. All right, so roast number two in this Thanksgiving roast. Is that the hygiene one? Yeah, I felt sick reading that. All right. Roast number two. This is a submission from Anonymous. She starts out saying, my ex-husband always had some gross bathroom habits. Oh no. Yeah, I'm already slightly backing away. First sentence sets the stage. (laughs) I'm slightly backing away from this roast. (laughs) Okay. For example, he refused to brush his teeth. (laughs) He refused to brush his teeth in the morning because coffee kills the smell. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Time out. (laughs) What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Co- wait, 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 wait. So the coffee kills the smell of the bad breath? Yeah, that's... Because that's not my... I find when I drink coffee, it makes my breath worse. Yes, yes. Like, I brush my teeth after drinking coffee. Or is he saying, like, coffee kills the smell of the mintiness of the toothpaste, which in, in that case, irrelevant. Just brush your teeth after drinking coffee. I don't know. Gross. Anyways. Yeah, coffee kills the smell and stuck his dirty underwear in his ear instead of using the Q-tips that were right there in plain sight. Ew! (laughs) Why are men so fucking disgusting? Anyways. And then they'll be like, oh, why am I in a dead bedroom? Yeah. Yeah! Gods! Okay. Unfortunately, you know, by the way, when I sat down to record this episode, I hadn't eaten yet, but now my appetite is killed, right? So it's like, reading stories like this is like a natural way to reduce calories because it just kills your appetite. (laughs) I just, it does. And I just, I, I honestly, like, look, it's like women who can like remain around men who have poor hygiene, they have a different level of toughness that I will never possess. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Could not do it. Yeah, men are gross. Anyways, okay. Unfortunately for me, he was able to hide his most disgusting habit for over seven years. Oh, no. One one day, I really had to go pee when he was in the shower. We only had one bathroom, so he said I could come in. The toilet lid was down, and when I lifted it up, there was a giant turd floating in the bowl with no toilet paper. <gasps> of course, I had quite a few questions, and he described his methodology to me without even a hint of shame. I actually just had, like, a chocolate base before recording, and now I legit feel sick. No! Ah, <laughs> I'm <legit> sick. <laughs> oh, Sorry, Lilith, continue. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, don't drink a chocolate milkshake or anything like that while re- listening to this podcast. Okay. Step one, take a shit, don't wipe, don't flush. Okay. Step two, get in the shower and use your hand to dig the shit out of your hairy ass. Uh, <laughs> get a bidet. Get a bidet. Get a freaking bidet. A bidet, yeah. There's nothing wrong with washing your ass in your in the shower, but yes, you should pre-wipe your ass with the available toilet paper. And you should flush your shits. And flush it. Like, don't just put shit crumbs <laughs> all on the bottom of, of the tub because it's gonna smell yeah and step three get out of the shower and flush the toilet okay first of all why don't you flush the toilet immediately after shitting yeah i don't understand that at all because all, all you're gonna do is just let shit particles no <laughs> just letting poop particles waft over everyone's toothbrushes like you just washed yourself why would you put your hand on the toilet dirty toilet like after why not just get the dirty stuff first and then wash yourself yeah it just like so get in a shower and use your hand to dig the shit out of your hairy ass that's like a mental image i did not expect to see today but okay yeah. <laughs> um nothing i said could convince him that this was gross and that showering with your turd 16 inches away makes zero sense my theory is that when he was a small child his mom made him flush a turd before he was ready to say goodbye <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> recovering from trauma yeah i guess you could say he's recovering from trauma because his mommy didn't let him hug his own shit enough anyways okay so his mom made him flush a turd before he was ready to say goodbye so now he spends his entire adult life hanging on to his turds as long as possible to regain some sense of control over his life and to subconsciously cope with his mommy issues i'm not a psychologist but it's the only explanation that makes sense girl anyways i figured if the man can't wipe his ass i'll get him a bidet okay smart good His birthday was coming up, so that's what I got him. I've never seen this man so pumped about a birthday present before. He loved the bidet and installed it immediately. Okay. So far, so good. Amazing. Okay. But there's a part two to this story. Okay. A couple weeks later, I noticed that his hair looked greasy. Oh, no. Oh, God. Even though he was secretly nasty, he always looked clean, especially his hair, which was super thick and dark. So I asked him why his hair was looking greasy, and he told me, quote, I don't have to shower every day now because I have a bidet. I only need to shower a couple times a week. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> One step forward, two steps back. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, Cringe. God, send the flood. God, send the flood. We need to start again. Jesus, take the wheel. Noah, send the flood. <laughs> Humanity needs to start again. You know, though, this seems to be like a little boy thing. And not to put anybody on in my family on blast, but like I feel like each of my brothers went through a stage where they just preferred to be dirty. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like showering was like too much work for them. Or they just like, it's like they, they really, really love to be dirty. Like so much so that my mom used to like smell check them when they came out of the shower because they would get in the shower, rinse off, not use soap and come back out. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? So I don't know if this is just like a little boy thing that if you don't check when they're little boys, they become men that are like this. I'm going to be clear. My brothers are not like this now, but I just remember them going through <laughs> little phases when they were, when they were children where it was like. Where, like, showering was, like, an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's wrong with men. And ge- I, I actually think, like, the reason... I do think that men are biologically more disgusting than women. Like, just in general. I think because it behooves the human race for women to be more discerning 
I guess when it comes to hygiene to prevent like uh, disease, I guess, for pregnant women, you know, like women have to be hygienic to protect their babies, right? Whereas men can just fucking literally be pigs and roll around in mud at all day and because they don't give birth. So it doesn't really matter. So that's why I think men are biologically disgusting. I think it's like men are more likely to just be gross. I, I have been the more cluttered partner out of some of my guys I've dated, but I also just have way more shit because I just have a ton of hair products and makeup products and stuff. So then sometimes I feel like, well, it's not really fair. You have three t-shirts. That's all you have. So it's easy to keep clean. That's the thing. <laughs> like women will be more cluttered because we have more stuff, but our clutter is always like clean. Clean, right? It's not grimy and full of like gunk and dirt. But there's a huge difference between having a lot of stuff and being dirty. They're not the same thing. Even being messy, right? It's not the same as being dirty, like actually disgusting. Like they're not the same thing. Yeah. Like men will leave out fucking plates of like, partially eaten food or whatever and just leave it there for weeks until like maggots take over they'll leave skid marks in the toilet like disgusting like like women don't do that fucking shit unless they're like mentally ill okay so but that's just the norm for men anyways true Okay, so, but the story continues. So, ladies, when men complain that women use too much toilet paper, just keep in mind that they don't even wipe their own ass. And if you can convince them to clean their ass, they'll just find some other way to be nasty and then wonder why your initial attraction to them has slowly turned into repulsion. The bar is truly in hell. Okay, nice. I like that conclusion. I hope you're not with this guy anymore. I'm not sure how she's not traumatized by that. That is absolutely disgusting. If you're with a man who finds excuses not to be cleanly, that's low value as fuck. Okay, first of all, the fact that he didn't know that bidets existed. It's not standard practice in the United States. So I don't know. I actually don't know a ton of people with bidets. It's not really a thing here. It's, it's becoming a thing in the UK, um, but it, it wasn't a thing before, to be fair. I also think, and I'm just going to do this general hygiene rant as well. Some people weren't shamed enough as a kid growing up when it comes to personal hygiene i know growing up <laughs> my mom used to call us dirty pigs if we didn't shower or if we stopped <laughs> and it was and it was and, and her justification was that okay yeah besides the like low level child abuse i guess but um <laughs> no i'm joking it was a child abuse but besides like the low level traumatization but it's like she would always say it's better i tell you than someone else outside tell you and it's true like it's 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 a lot better that that i tell you as you and she would time our showers she would <laughs> check we were wet she would say <laughs> you've not showered today go and shower that's what i'm saying some people just weren't shamed enough that's what i'm saying like my mom used to get do smell checks because she'd be like i don't want you going out in the streets and having people think i don't take care of you or i neglect you right because it's a reflection on her right exactly exactly so my brother at one point figured out my mom's smell check and so then he like legit would just uh wash his arms and then like the, <laughs> the small of his back like he like this is like an ongoing fight <laughs> with one of my brothers and my mom <laughs> but surely having a full shower would be quicker than just trying to fake having a shower game the system <laughs> yeah <laughs> you think so but boy logic right <laughs> So then my mom started doing like a full body smell check and then go back to the shower. (laughs) Yeah, no, it would have made way more sense to just wash himself, but (laughs) I don't know. This is like, we're talking when we're small, like eight or nine. But some men never grow out of that phase. They just stay like that for life. Yeah. (laughs) 
this is why I think the shame needs to be brought back. Like, like shame can be a perfectly a useful emotion because it teaches us like social norms and how to be decent sometimes. And men, men get really offended. They're like, oh my God, you're shaming me. You're making me feel ashamed. Like the worst possible thing you could do is make a man feel ashamed of himself. I'm like, no, you know what? Y'all deserve to feel more ashamed, honestly. Like we need to shame men more, not less. But did you like see like the Reddit post where the guy's like, I'm not washing my asshole because it's gay. Like the fuck? <laughs> okay, being clean is gay. Like what the hell? Like it's just, oh, it's disgusting. They think it's gay to touch their own ass. It's like, fellas, is it gay to have good hygiene? Do you know what I mean? Hand all in your booty like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, you're just going to put your hand all in your booty and wash it, huh? Couldn't be me. <laughs> Oh, men. You want men to wash away the toxic masculinity in their life. <laughs> yeah, men need to cleanse themselves of their toxic masculinity. And wash your bodies, you dirty pigs. Dirty pigs. <laughs> I want to meet your mom, Savannah. Like, I want to come to the UK one time. I want to meet your whole family. I want to know the family that raised you to be the awesome person that you are today. I want to know how that happened. Yeah, my mom's great. But yeah, she taught me the basis of hygiene. She always said, you know, shower before sex, make sure you're nice and clean. So it just baffles me that people can just walk around and not do that. Yeah, I'm glad she told you something. My mom never like, my mom gave me one book about like sex that was written probably in the 1980s. She didn't do the sniff test on you, right? Did you? Es- no, I showered. Did you escape the sniff test? It was more, it was just my brothers that needed that extra guidance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, are you tired of your scrotella-in-law stressing you out and need a rant to somebody about your husband who won't wash his own ass? Consider BetterHelp, betterhelp.com. <laughs> Great segue, Ro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in there. A plus transition. I'm actually going to therapy though and just being like, okay, so what do you want to talk about today? Um, my husband doesn't wash his ass. <laughs> so tell me more about how that makes you feel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they can bless you with some techniques. I don't know. I'm not a licensed professional therapist like they have at betterhelp.com. Slash FDS. Slash FDS. Don't forget our tag there. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you'll be able to connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. So reminder, BetterHelp is not a crisis line or a self-help line, but it is professional counseling. And also, if you're feeling the squeeze around Christmas as the presents bill starts stacking up, BetterHelp also has financial aid, so you can get your therapy at a discounted cost if eligible. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. And just like FDS, it's worldwide. So even if you're in a country right now where you don't have Thanksgiving, cough, Savannah, um, (laughs) you can still use BetterHelp. Yeah, I don't know about you, but the holidays is really stressful for me with my chaotic family. So if you have a chaotic family like many of us do, BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P, can help you get through the holidays. Uh, If you use our tag, betterhelp.com forward slash FDS, you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash FDS for 10% off. So yeah, if you sign up with BetterHelp, not only are you supporting your own mental health, but you're also supporting FDS if you sign up with our link. So thanks for listening, Queens. And we all hope you have a wonderful, more mentally healthy holiday season. This discussion was brought to you by our sponsors at betterhelp.com forward slash FDS. So the second half of our show 
We're going to talk about Thanksgiving clapbacks. Oh, man. You got drunk uncles starting shit. Aunties are all up in your business. People womb checking you, trying to figure out when you're about to have kids, slut shaming you. Let's talk about it. Where do we begin? I mean, I have a very dysfunctional family. So should I talk about my one uncle who like bullied me as a child and how I got my ultimate revenge at Thanksgiving? Yes. Yes, I'm here for it. Yeah. Okay. So some background. I have this one uncle who is just not a very nice person. Uh, He's like low-key racist and also very misogynistic. So let's just call him Uncle Jim. Okay. Uncle Jim, ever since I was a little kid, he really, really enjoyed, I guess, bullying me because I was the oldest grandchild. So I got all the attention. I swear to God, like, I was so spoiled as a child, not gonna lie. Like, my grandparents had entire albums full of me being a cute baby and stuff. Aww. My sister and my cousins. Like, there's, there's like, a million pictures of me as a baby, and there's, like, five of my cousins and my <laughs> sister. So, I'm clearly the favorite grandchild, and my uncle happens to be the middle child on his side, on my dad's side. So he didn't really get that much attention, I guess. And he was just low-key jealous. So ever since I was a little child, he would like bully me until I cried. Literally like a five-year-old girl. Yeah. And growing up, you know, and he also, okay. So just to give you an idea what kind of person he is, he used to make jokes about the women's Olympics. He would be like, oh, when are they going to bring in pole dancing? They should make pole dancing a Olympic sport. My mom, she lost favor with my dad's side of the family when she, when my uncle was making jokes about women. And my mom said something along the lines of like, oh, so tell me about your dating life, Uncle Jim, including the women you pay for. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so family gatherings are always a high conflict time. I remember when I was a teenager, my uncle started just making comments about my body, calling me chubby, making comments about my weight. And this was at a time when I was kind of struggling with an eating disorder anyways. So one Thanksgiving, we were sitting there and we we're, were eating and I got a little bit of food on my chin or whatever. And he said to me, oh, you got some, you got some gravy on your chin there. And I like wiped my chin. He's like, no, your other chin. And I just sat there and I was just like, yeah, Jim. And that's why you're going to die single. (laughs) He knew that I was insecure about my weight. I knew he was insecure about the fact that he was an incel. And so every chance I get, (laughs) every chance I get, I talk about how women don't want to be anywhere near him. Right. Another time. So now, okay. So when I was younger, he would bully me a lot. But then as I've gotten older, I learned how to troll men in such a way that if they react, they look like the crazy ones. So one Thanksgiving dinner, separate Thanksgiving dinner, he was just being annoying. So I was just sort of trolling him, just asking like slightly provoking questions until he just got heated. And then eventually he like stood up and like yelled at me in front of the whole table being like, fuck you, Lilith. Fuck you. I hope you blah, 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 blah. Like just yelling in my face. And I'm sitting there. I'm like 16, by the way. So I'm just sitting there acting like an innocent little flower being like, oh my God, I can't believe I would say something so mean to me anyways and then he stormed off and like the whole family was just like "Ah, jim like i can't believe you would say that at my whole this is like one of the few times where my family actually had my back that's when he stopped being invited to family gatherings and so i got my way in the end so yeah and that's how i got my revenge is by basically causing him to be ostracized from the family deserved deserved but you know what it was his own choice he ostracized himself from the family so i mean he deserves it yeah it kind of sucks if you're like being forced to hang out with people you don't really like at thanksgiving this is what i quite like 
I quite like my parents. Like, I mean, I do love them for other things as well. But one of the things that if they don't like somebody, they just will never see them. Like, I've got family members I've not seen in like over 21 years because my parents, they, they know the art of block and delete, never visit and they're not coming here. We're not going there. Um, so I've never had to endure Christmas with shitty family members. Yeah. Like, so for all my mom's flaws, one thing I really did like is that she did always make a conscious effort to protect me against my uncle and my dad pretty much like didn't care like this is one thing that pissed me off about my dad my uncle could insult me to my face and my dad would either just like laugh along or do nothing because he's like oh this is my brother blah 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 i'm glad savannah that your family at least has like that protective instinct you know wanting to keep you away from shitty people and my family's extra petty so the people that don't get along just have competing thanksgivings so then you can just roll through several family members places and grab a plate (laughs) is it a popularity contest Do they have it on the same day to see? (laughs) Well, everybody has it on Thanksgiving, but it's just more like if you're sort of tangibly related to everybody, you can just stroll through everyone's Thanksgiving and then like grab a plate, hang out for an hour or two and leave. And I'm all for it. Like, I just like come in for the food and the food gets served, leave when the drama starts off. But I also don't have to clean up or make anything. So that works for me versus like the people that clean up and make anything. So for me, I'm, I'm more or less like I like I like being a traveling Thanksgiving nomad. (laughs) <laughs> granted i actually moved pretty far away from my family because i uh moved for a job so nice so that's like the other way to handle that if you have like shitty family members that nobody wants to see just hold your own thanksgiving and then just like don't invite them <laughs> there was a period of a few years where i actually didn't go to thanksgiving dinners like at all just because of no contact type stuff with certain members of my family but and we didn't have thanksgiving obviously during the pandemic But this past Thanksgiving, because again, Canadians, we have Thanksgiving like a month early. So this past Thanksgiving was actually pretty great. It was nice to see the family after a couple of, I think because we hadn't seen each other in like two years, everyone was playing nice. So it was nice to get together. But what do you, yeah, so what are the strategies for when you have a toxic family? One, don't go or avoid them. My biggest flex right now is like, oh, I just, it's too much to try to get to the airport during Thanksgiving. That's just what I say. None of my family lives in the state that I live in now. So that's part of it. Now it's just like, oh, it's just too inconvenient for me to get home. And like, I'll visit some, I'll visit, I'll come through like a thief in the night, like at some odd time, like maybe in the middle of January, like after all the holiday traffic's through the airport has died down. And then I'm just like, hey, here's your Christmas gift. (laughs) If I didn't ship it to him via like Amazon or something. And then, you know, kiss all the babies, shake all the hands and then bounce. Yeah. So that's Rose's strategy is avoidance. My strategy is low-key trolling. My my favorite one is actually like, so when you're, when you're younger and you haven't developed the trolling skills, that's like another thing. So maybe don't engage. It's a high risk, high reward, high risk, medium reward, maybe. I don't know. But once you get to a point where you're self-assured and self-confident and you get really good at trolling people and causing other people to react so that they look like the crazy person, this is a thing actually where if you stay perfectly calm, people think that you're innocent. And so that's my, that I've taken a a page out of all the shitty people who've ever been shitty to me, taken a page out of their book. And that's when someone is attacking me, you stay perfectly calm, say things that are low key triggering to them until they end up going crazy. And then they look like the crazy person. It's actually very easy to flip the script on abusive people like that. One of my favorite unofficial Twitter holidays is Thanksgiving clapback season. So like to, to jump off of Lilith's strategy, like if you want to stay and troll people, (laughs) <laughs> there's some good ones here like if you have an aunt that says that's making comments in your tattoo like you you know your tattoos are a lifetime commitment you can clap back but your marriage wasn't oh, oh. <laughs> 
that reminds me of a <laughs> that reminds me of a comment my mom said to one of my aunts because one of my aunts was being shitty to my mom and my mom was like well at least all of my children have the same father oh damn that's a juggler because <laughs> my aunt has like three different baby daddies and has never been married unlike my mom who has been married and has one father for all of her kids so yeah that's a flex that's a flex in my family to say that all of your kids have the same father like all my kids sleep under the same roof at night i wonder what that must be like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, i can't think of such a roast actually yeah savannah your family doesn't have thanksgiving so i guess you don't have thanksgiving roasts do you have any Christmas roasts, maybe? Because, again, we just cut them off. We, we, I mean, occasionally we'll have, like, it's like a birthday roast, because occasionally when we want to see them, we'll invite them to, like, a barbecue once every five years or so. Um, so that was one time one of my aunts was, like, to my sister, just totally unprovoked, oh, you want a body like me, to my older sister. And my sister was like, no, not really. Um, so my older sister went and told my dad, and my dad got really angry. He was like, who does she think she is? Like, the beauty queen of this, like, there's this, like, shithole place in Nigeria. Um, and I was like, who does she think she is? The beauty queen of this shitty place. <laughs> I, I can't even remember where he said it, but it was, like, in, like, the proper, like, shithole parts of Nigeria, like where there's like open sewer in the streets. Um, <laughs> and like my aunt wasn't like, she's, I don't know how to be diplomatic and say this, but she's not someone who would like, if I looked the way she did, I wouldn't go up to people unprovoked and say, you wish you looked like me, if that makes sense. <laughs> because, um, so you're saying she's not hard enough to be able to be that way? Is that what you're saying? No, no. That's why my dad was like, she's like the beauty queen out of this, um, <laughs> the shit old place in Nigeria because it's like she's not hot at all. Um, oh, okay. and, I and I don't know why. Like she's almost sixty. My sister at the time was like twenty-two. It's like why would you say that to a twenty-two-year-old when you're almost sixty? Don't you wish you looked like me? <laughs> um, I don't know. Nigerian family members can be just really blunt and just like say the first thing that comes into their head without any sort of social filter but yeah we just don't see them at christmas or any other holiday really which yeah yeah my parents have got the block and delete down pat like if they don't like somebody they will just not see them for years uh yeah so if you have a normal family like savannah that doesn't engage with people who are shitty <laughs> unlike my family or rose family savannah's family which is normal and avoids drama <laughs> That isn't here for the drama. <laughs> isn't here for the drama. <laughs> yeah. You can't really avoid drama all the time. So I remember one of my sister-in-law's family, I went over to their place for Thanksgiving and they each, each of her sisters made the same dish. And then it was like a passive aggressive fight the entire Thanksgiving about whose dish was better. And it was weird because it was like, why didn't people just make different dishes? But it was like, they all wanted to make the same dish. And then one of them was clearly better to be fair. <laughs> so then I had to sit there and like take equal portions of all the, all of the same dish, even though like, like two of them weren't that great. And then like, I didn't want to get in the middle of the fight. So then I just pretended like, Oh, these are all delicious. But like then it was like I kept hearing all these side conversations where they were just talking shit like she knows she can't cook. I don't know why she volunteered to cook cook this stuff. So damn. Sometimes you get sucked into like this is how you stay out of drama. Like just go ahead and be diplomatic about everyone's dish. Okay, well you said that it reminded me of this one time. This wasn't Thanksgiving. This was uh, a Christmas. So it was a Christmas that most years 
most of the time when we do Christmas, it's like the host who does all the cooking. But in this particular case, we hosted Thanksgiving at a different family member's house and we ended up deciding to do potluck style. And the, the dish that I brought, I ended up bringing like a Tupperware full of cookie dough and people thought that was fucking weird. Like, why not just bring co- cookies that are already baked? And so people were roasting me for bringing like a Tupperware thing of cookie dough and thinking that was weird as fuck. Like, why not just bake the cookies before you get here? They're like, oh, did you run out of time? Is that why you had to like cook them here? Blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and like just giving me a hard time for it. But guess what? At the end of dinner, when it all t- came time for dessert and I whipped out the baking sheets and started baking them right there, the smell of freshly baked cookies was on another level. Oh. Right? And it created like a whole, ex- there was like almost a performative of aspect to it right so i'm in there cooking the you know making the cookies they're baking it and they smell so delicious and then everyone shut the fuck up real quick and they actually tasted how good the cookies were especially when they're fresh up i've learned the hard way to like try to keep your pieces unassembled until you go to the actual venue you intend to serve the dish at because i actually dropped a whole pie that i made no it was one of those times where there was just black ice everywhere where you couldn't see it and everything was really, really slippery. And I decided I was going to look cute on Thanksgiving. And so I had these like these really cute thigh high boots on um, that didn't have much grip on the, on the bottom of it. So I came down the stairs, there was ice in the stairs. I didn't realize, and I slipped and fell, busted my whole ass and then dropped the pie. So I've actually ruined Thanksgiving because I, sh- when I in hindsight, I was like, you know what? I should have just like, I should have either put it like in Tupperware or I should have just not baked it wasn't even like that long of a pie. I should have waited till we were where we were supposed to go and then just baked it there. I have to ask though, bro, did you look like, you know, that that skit where the woman's like <laughs> dropping the popcorn everywhere? Like she trips and dropped the popcorn. Did you look like that? Oh, it was exactly like that. <laughs> because I slipped on I slipped on ice. So it wasn't like a it wasn't like a graceful fall. It was literally me like like busting my ass. So I fell straight out, feet feet up in the air when I fell down. Right, not like a little trip. Did the pie like fall on your face? Like just like peak peak comedy, like the most slapstick comedy. Not peak comedy, but it did it did fall like a, a pie side down on the sidewalk. So. And I actually broke the dish. So it was a porcelain dish. So there is that too. Aw, that sucks. So this is is a slightly related but kind of unrelated topic. Um, What do you think about Thanksgiving dick? Thanks, what? Have you ever gotten Thanksgiving dick? It's like when you sneak away. Oh, no. No, no, no. No. Yeah. I spent Thanksgiving with a boyfriend's family. Oh, ooh. I don't know why, but... Thanksgiving dick hits, right? I can't. I don't know. Tell me more, because I've never experienced this. Oh, tell the story. Tell the story. I don't understand why this is, but holiday dick, honestly, is some of the best for whatever reason. What makes it so good? Because, like, if you're in a holiday and you're like you visit, you're hanging out with like your favorite people. Like, let's say you, you are in a situation where your your family's really happy so and you don't like completely overeat but you eat you get to eat all your favorite foods and you're like in that relaxed itis state then you just like take a little nap and then you wake up and i have no idea but like the horniness factor is on 12 yeah can't relate i don't know when i'm with when i'm with family i feel the exact opposite of horny (laughs) you don't have school you don't have work you know 
you know, like next, like the next day, you don't have to do anything. Do you have a specific story to tell us, Ro? Is there like, is, or is this a repeat thing? I mean, it's not very exciting because it's just like I went to my boyfriend's Thanksgiving and then like we snuck away and fucked and it was, it was hitting right <laughs> and then came back. So maybe it's the fact that you're sneaking away that makes it so hot. It could be that. It could be that you're sneaking away from the family and there's like this intimate thing about it. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I look forward to holiday dick. I actually think it's better than birthday dick in some respects. Holiday dick. When you said Thanksgiving dick, I don't know why, but I just imagine like a cornucopia. You know that cornucopia with like all the fruits and vegetables in it? And it's like that triangular basket. I'm just imagining like the cornucopia with you got like the apples and the pumpkins and then just a big old dick right there. It's like a bumper crop of penis this year. (laughs) Bumper crop of penis. Can you find some like really good Thanksgiving clapbacks from Twitter or something? All right. So, all right. <laughs> Aunt, do you wonder why no one likes you? Me. Do you ever wonder why all your kids have different last names? So you can savor that one for your aunt if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> Special delivery. <laughs> she ever tries to jump up during the holidays. All your kids have different last names. She's ever feeling froggy. Yeah. Auntie, you're still messing with that girl with the baby? Me. You still messing with that man with the wife? <laughs> Oh, this is, I know, I've seen this before where like uh, family members will shame guys date women with kids or vice versa. Women who date guys with kids. But I don't know. <laughs> Auntie, when are you going to start having kids? Me, when are you going to stop? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm of the view. I know a lot of people are like, no, we should keep the peace around the holidays because it's about coming together and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hell no. If someone is insulting me or being passive aggressive, I will declare war on them. I'm like, bitch, I will win. I don't even see it in terms of like, oh, family togetherness. Oh, let's cooperate. No, (laughs) if you're going to say something like that to me, I declare war on you. Is it petty? Yes. Do I care? No. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's honestly, sometimes that's like the only reason to even show up if you just want to be a spectator it's not fun to be the drama no i love being the drama you like to be the drama (laughs) i love being the drama (laughs) i don't like being the drama because i'm like i you know i feel like people have gotten a feel for my personality here because i feel like i would probably say something horribly mean but accurate I'm so sorry for that horrible, mean, but accurate thing I said about you. <laughs> yeah, it'd be World War Three. I think the problem is, is like so many of my other family members are like, they can't handle anything. So I feel like I feel like the, the sane, stable family members just most of the time they're just staying out of the drama and then watching like the unstable family members fight. No, but that's the thing. It's, it's always the people who dish it the hardest, who have the thinnest skin. Like my uncle Jim, for example. Like he he spent my entire childhood like bullying me horribly until I cried almost every single holiday. The moment I say that he's an incel or that he's going to die single, oh, all of a <laughs> sudden we have a problem. So that's why I see it as justice, not being petty. Honestly, I have a crazy ass aunt who like once uh, dropped her baby to fight me, but that's a whole. It wasn't Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) My God. (laughs) It wasn't Thanksgiving, though, so I don't know if that was a Thanksgiving story. But that aunt's crazy as fuck, so it's like everyone just sort of tolerates her and feels bad for her kids. I do have a piece of advice, like, going back into serious mode about how to deal with toxic family members. Um, If you have a if you find yourself going to family gatherings and getting really like traumatized or triggered because of people being shitty to you when you were younger. And it just puts you back in that mental state of being like constantly under attack. Anyways, um, 
if your family member is being shitty to you, but you're not in a situation where you can just clap back and face no consequences, like if there's consequences for clapping back, what I'd recommend is instead is to do this thing called riding the trigger. So if someone is like shitty to you, it puts you in this mental state of like fight or flight. Like I need to, I need to fight back. It's almost better to just let that, that sort of fight or flight reflex to happen. Just like, just let the anger kind of flow through your body and then you'll come out the other side being able to think rationally because in the moment when you're feeling triggered or when you're feeling like in attack mode it prevents you from being able to think rationally and so in cases where it's not safe for you to clap back or it's just counterproductive then i would just say ride the trigger wait until you're you've calmed down and then come out the other side cooler heads prevail Mm -hmm. but i'm petty as fuck so i don't do that so do what i say not as i do (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's certainly entertaining, right? So, yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks, Lilith. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners out there. I want to just say I'm really grateful to all of our listeners and our Patreon subscribers. And so thank you so much for supporting us this year. And hopefully 2022 will be an even better year for us. Heck yeah. I can't believe it, but we've already, you know, we've broken top 100 in relationship podcasts in the United States. Hell yeah. For a a podcast that's not even, when we start March, so... Nine months old? Yeah, not even nine months old yet. We're killing it, so we appreciate all of your support. Thanks, guys. Please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy, and we have weekly bonus content, as well as chit-chat with us on the Discord. And you can submit your own roast to scrote if you want to. If you want us to roast the scrotes in your life, Thanksgiving or otherwise, check out our Patreon. Um, check out our website at thefemaledatingstrategy.com. There's a form there, as well as our Twitter at femdatstrat and our Instagram at underscore thefemaledatingstrategy. Thanks for listening, queens. And for all you Thanksgiving scrotes out there, get stuffed. Dimet, see you next week. <laughs>